0: Hey there, this is Gregory Williams, and I'm the senior pastor of Transform Church. Welcome to our podcast. I hope the following presentation really inspires you to deepen your faith walk and encourages you along your journey. Enjoy the message. Have you ever been misquoted? Yes. yes. yes? You say something, and they went around and said something completely different to what you said, and then you got in trouble later for something you never said. Ever happened to you? Uh, Happens to us a lot. Or you get in trouble because they said something that you never really said, and they said, this person told me that, and then you're in trouble for something you didn't do at all. Right? A lot of times, things get misconstrued, right? You ever play that game when you're a ki- kid? It's kind of called whispers. It used to have another name in front of it, but now we're living in some racial time, so we need to just say whispers. And you start off by whispering in your ear, and by the time you get to the end of it, it's a completely different thing because people don't hear you properly, and things just work out that way. And so sometimes life is like that, right? You want to do the right thing. You're living your best life. You want to do the right thing, but somehow things get misconstrued, and sometimes you get blamed for things you never really said, or people think that you said this and you never really did that, right? So, there's a lot of misconceptions sometimes about what Jesus actually said, That's right. right? And sometimes people quote things. It says the Bible says, I've heard it so many times, and it never says that at all. <laughs> you know, one famous thing it says that the root of all evil is money. The Bible says the root of all evil is money. It doesn't say that at all. If you know anything about Scripture, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. So oftentimes things are misquoted so many times. We think they're true, but they're not necessarily true. right? And so Jesus said a few things that sometimes people just take out of context and it's not put in the right way. You know, things that Jesus said. So while we're talking about that, do you know someone really annoying on Facebook? They post like random stuff that really irks you. Maybe that person's you and you don't realize it. <laughs> the other people are going, yeah, and it's like, yeah, you're it. If you don't know anyone complaining about it, you're it, <laughs> right? You're the annoying person putting stuff on Facebook that other people get annoyed about. You know, but here's some things. Jesus didn't post this on Facebook. It says... Father, forgive them, for they know not what they post. (laughs) Right? Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say, fool me once, I'll forgive you. Fool me twice, and I'll strike you with lightning. Didn't say that. He didn't say, sorry you've sinned, too much for me to forgive you. I can forgive everyone else, but you've just got on my last nerve. Had it with you. He didn't say that. What we need to do is we need to thank God that God freely gives forgiveness. Right? So today, Jesus didn't say, you don't need to forgive them. That's the title of the message. These things Jesus never said. Episode 1, you don't need to forgive them. Jesus never said that. Right? See, forgiveness is a choice God makes because he loves us. It's not his requirement. He's not obligated to do it. He chooses to do it because he loves us. He makes a decision. And by extension, as Christ followers, God asks us, if you're a follower of Jesus, and you've never heard about him, welcome to church. (laughs) He asks us as Christ followers to forgive. Now, forgiveness is a topic that churches talk about a lot, right? But if you're a realist, you know that forgiveness is hard. It's difficult to do. It's easy to talk about. It's hard to do. It's easy to be told to do it, but to actually put it in practice is not as easy as it says, right? And so that's why Jesus talked about forgiveness a lot because he wanted us to understand the true gravity of what forgiveness actually is. Why is it important? Is it just because Jesus told us to do it? Just because it's a list of things you have to do because you're a Christian or a Christ follower? No, that's not why we do it. And so Jesus talks about this, and he talks about it as part of his Sermon on the Mount. You might have heard it, you might have read it, but he talks about this in one of the most important sermons that he gives. And it comes to us from Matthew. Matthew actually documents this. And this is what he says. This, then, is how you should pray. Right. So he starts off with prayer. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Now, watch this. He doesn't say, forgive our debts, even though we still hold grudges. (laughs) He doesn't say, I will forgive you, but you don't have to forgive others. This is what he actually says. He says, and forgive our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Pay close attention to that because he continues on. He says in verse 14, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Now these are very intense and sobering words. Because what you're actually praying, because this is a prayer that God says we should pray, what you're actually praying is, God, forgive me in the same way I forgive other people. You're saying, the way I work out forgiveness in my life, I give you full right to work out forgiveness in my life. So forgive me as I forgive others. So if I don't forgive others, you have total rights not to forgive me. That's what you're saying. That's what the prayer is. That's what you're asking him. Forgive me as I forgive others. Now, that's great in all, Jesus. That's some wise words. But the reality is that we don't like that. We want to be forgiven, but we don't want to forgive others. We hold ourselves to a higher standard or a lower standard, I should say, than we hold other people's. Oh, we make excuses for ourselves, you know. Oh, I just did this by accident. It wasn't intentional. It was just a wrong thing. Words just said it by mistake. But when someone else says it, you did it on purpose. You made that decision. You did it deliberately. We want to excuse our mistakes, but we hold other people to higher standards. It's okay if you forgive me, God, God. But that guy right there, he deserved not to be forgiven. That person over there, don't forgive them. We want to accept forgiveness. We want to receive forgiveness. We want God to pour it out into our lives. And we don't want sometimes for God to forgive other people. Because you don't know what they did. Right? That's how we justify things. And anytime I talk about forgiveness... It creates a lot of emotion. Right now, you're feeling upset. It's stirring something in you. And rightly so. Because the reality is that you're saying, you don't know what that person said about me. You don't know what that person did to me. You don't know how they treated me. You don't know what they abused me with. And you just want me to forgive them? Just like that? Wipe it all clean? No, they need to pay a price. They deserve something. They deserve punishment. You don't know what my spouse did. They cheated on me. You don't know how my best friend lied about me, turned their back on me. Someone that I admired and loved and looked up to, they turned around and said derogatory things about me. You don't know how someone stole money from me and took it and ran away. You don't know How many promises they made in my life and broke it over and over and over again. You don't know how much they used me for their benefit. You don't know what they did in my life. How emotionally I'm stunted. How I devoted my life sometimes even to trying to please my parents and and do things and get their attention. And they were just emotionally not invested in my life. You don't know how much I went out of my way to do things for my my partner or my spouse. And I took things out and did this and how they just betrayed me and walked away. You don't know how much I'm hurt. You don't know how emotionally scarred I am, how physically scarred I am, how spiritually scarred I am, how mentally fatigued I am. And you just want me to just forgive them just like that? I don't want to pass over the pain you've experienced because it's a real pain. You've experienced it. And the reality is that all of us here have experienced some sort of betrayal, some sort of pain, some sort of anguish, some sort of emotion when it comes to people taking advantage of us or betraying us or using us or stepping on us, all these things. And to ask us, To forgive sometimes seems just horrible, it's unfair, it's wrong, it's irresponsible. You just want to let the other person off the hook. And that's why I'm saying forgiveness is easy to talk about, but it's not so easy to do, right? Because it's all twisted and tied up with your heart, the strings of your emotions. It's not so easy to unwind. It's not so easy to make it straight. Because it's deep down there with hurt and pain and suffering and anguish and love and hate and all mixed up together. It's not so easy to untangle. As brutal as it is to endure personal betrayal, sometimes it's even harder to see someone you love being mistreated, someone you care about being abused, maybe a daughter or a son. Someone comes into their life and your precious little baby that you grew up and your daughter, your son, someone else comes into their life, takes advantage of them and you can see this and you can't do anything about it. That hurts, right? Cause pain. Or they use them and left them on their way and you've just been left with this broken human person that was beautiful before but now is just broken and scarred and you don't know how to put the pieces back together. And you want to make that person feel pain the same way they made your child feel pain. And here comes Jesus, and he says, forgive. And you're not ready to do that. You don't don't want to do that. How in the world do you forgive something that's unforgivable? That caused you so much pain, that took you back so many years. How do you just forgive? Well, when Jesus asks us to do something, he doesn't just tell us, he empowers us to do it. And the reason he asks us to do it is because he did it first. And the reason he asks us to do it is because we can do it in him. But there's a clue he gives us in the prayer that Jesus starts off with. And it's right at the beginning. He says, this is how you should pray. Our Father. Our Father. In heaven he's not just my father he's your father he's our father you see he is the God he is the father unlike some of our natural fathers some of our natural fathers might have abandoned us some of our natural fathers might have talked down to us some of our natural fathers might have unappreciated us Some of our natural fathers wouldn't even care about us, but that's not who our heavenly father is. Our heavenly father cares immensely about you. And sometimes we translate human love into heavenly love because we think if this is what a father is, then I don't want to know my heavenly father. But that's not he. That's a poor reflection of who he is. That's an empty reflection of who God is. Our heavenly father cares immensely about you. And I'll show you why in a second. He loves you with everlasting love he doesn't just be there when things are going well he's there when things are going bad just as much you see our God values relationship he values relationship between himself and you but he also values relationship between all of his children And he cares about horizontal relationships just as much as he cares about vertical relationships. Your vertical relationships are the people around you. The horizontal one is with him. And if you have both those right, it makes a perfect cross. Sometimes the cross is skewed. Why? Because these are not right, then this can't be right. Did you know that the scriptures say that if you can't get along with your wife or you have problems with your wife, God does not hear your prayer? You might have known that, but it's right there. Ever been on a, on a trip and you have kids in the car? Maybe you're a dad and you have kids in the car and they're sitting in their back and the first question they ask is, are we there yet? Yes, that's the first question. And when the strip gets really long, and they have to get their attention elsewhere, and maybe at times you didn't have iPads, guess what they would do? Well, one person has the iPad and the other person has wants the iPad, or one person has a toy, another person has a toy. My parents, my mother would always tell me that as a kid, they would give us a toy. My brother and I, we would both get a toy, but being me, I wanted my brother's toy. <laughs> sitting right there. You can check with her later. And so I wanted his toy. I didn't want my toy. I wanted his toy. So they would take the toy from him and give it to me and then take my toy and give it to him. But as soon as that happened, I didn't want that anymore. I wanted that one right there. (laughs) Kids fight, right? And as parents, as adults, the worst thing for you to see is your kids fighting. You don't want them to fight. You love both of them. You're not picking one or the other. You're not saying this one's better than the other one. They both have unique qualities, but you love them both. And the worst thing for a parent to see is kids fighting. How do you think our Heavenly Father looks down when he sees his kids fighting? When we say we hate one another, we despise one another, but yet we belong to the same Father, our Father, our Heavenly Father. Nothing makes God more unhappy than when his kids fight. As a parent, you understand that. Listen to what Matthew says again. And if you have your physical Bible, you'll find oftentimes the words of Jesus in red, not black, the red words. This is the words of Jesus. This is what he actually said. That's why they give it to you and they put it in red so you don't miss it. This is just not narrative, this is his words. It's in red. This is what it says in Matthew 5. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar when you come to church and you remember that your brother or your sister has something against you, God says, don't even bother trying to give me anything. This is what he says. Leave your gift there in the front at the altar. First go and be reconciled to them. Then come and offer your gift. He says, don't bring your hands. You think like everything's perfect and get, trying to get this relationship right if you haven't worked on this relationship. If you haven't worked on the people in your life that you can physically see, don't somehow think that this one's going to work out fine. He says, don't do that. Leave it there. Go fix the problem with your brother, your sister, your family, your uncle, your aunt, your niece, your nephew, your coworker, your schoolmate, your boss. Fix that before you come and say everything's perfect in your life. Before you come to try and say anything to me, before you lift your hands to offer me worship, fix your relationships. Fix those vertical relationships or horizontal relationships before you get that vertical relationship right. So that's what he says. As a heavenly dad, don't bring me an offering when you're fighting with your siblings. Make it right, then come and worship. Fix it, then come and worship. If God is bitter and he's not bitter, if God can hurt and he doesn't get hurt, it's this, when his kids fight with one another. The reality is this. Did you know that when you don't forgive, the person in prison is not them, it's you? You're the one in prison because you've held yourself in a cage of bitterness. You've put yourself in a prison of unforgiveness. Your heart becomes hard and bitter. You have a pessimistic view on life because you think everyone is just going to be using you and everyone's going to be just betraying you. And so there's someone that might come into your life you've never met before, but you don't want to trust them or love them or embrace them or allow them into your life because of someone else that did you harm. They didn't do anything to you. They did, but you're going to take it out on them. That's what unforgiveness does. It it makes our heart hard. It makes our heart unforgiving. And the only person in prison is you. And so what Jesus is trying to say is that forgiveness is the key to letting you out of prison. Forgiveness is the key to letting yourself out of your own prison. That's what forgiveness does. If we live in bitterness, resentment, and hatred, then we continue to let the, the wound stay infected and poison our soul. That's what happens. If we live in bitterness, if we live in unforgiveness, we continue to let the wound that someone else caused us to be poisoned and not even scarred over or healed, but infected. And we're infecting it ourselves because we don't open ourselves up to the key of forgiveness. And you might be saying, Yes, I understand all that, but I'm not ready to forgive yet. What do I do? Let me tell you a story in my life. There was a time that I broke my leg and for some reason I try to do acrobatic stuff and all of my appendages break. gone through, picking my hand, my foot, all these wonderful things. I have more metal in me than the Terminator. (laughs) But anyway, let's get I broke my foot, and at that time, you know, back in the day, when I was about 18, 19, they didn't have, you know, FPOS like we have now. You had to go to the bank. They gave you a check. You had to go deposit your check in the bank. Some of you know this. We're not old. Some of you young kids are running like, what is that? <laughs> a piece of paper? Yeah, you got a piece of paper. There were some numbers on it. You went to the bank. You gave them the paper. They gave you more paper with more bigger numbers on it. <laughs> That's how it worked. So I, I had a friend who I thought I trusted. And, you know, I was getting my paycheck from work. And I gave it to him with my bank card. We still have bank cards. To go to the bank and deposit it for me. Put it in the for me. And so, after many months of healing my leg, I went back to the bank to check my account and found out that the checks had not been deposited, or they had been deposited, but all the money I had there had been withdrawn. My bank account had like five cents in it, when it should have had like three thousand dollars. And my friend, that I thought I trusted, who was there for me, had taken all the money out of my account. And it made me mad, it made me upset. I don't want to talk to them anymore. In fact, our relationship just broke down. And I had this bitterness in me because like, how do you do that? How do you just take someone's money? It's not even yours. And they said, yeah, yeah, we'll pay you back. I'll pay you back. But it didn't come. Nothing happened. And that got even worse because now you're saying, you know, I'll give it back to you. But they didn't. And then you're expecting it and it didn't come and they just not doing anything. And it just broke down, you know. And so many years passed, our relationship just went in different directions. And it was about six, seven years later that I'd moved on in my life and he'd moved on in his life. And somehow it came back that he was looking for a job and I was a manager at a retail store and he came to me and asked me for a job. What I wanted to say is too colorful to say right now. because I was just still bitter. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to hire you. you. Now you took my money. and Now you come and ask for my help. Well, guess what? Now I'm in the position of power. Now you, guess what I can do? You need a job. You need money. That's what I wanted to do. But I didn't. I hired him and the story didn't end there. That was all didn't get great. I hired him and maybe, I don't even know if I thought about the time, but I hired him and maybe at some point in my heart, I still had some bit emotions. I know I did. So when he worked with me, I really mistreated him. It wasn't nice. I was like, I'm going to take it out on you, right? And at one time he came and he was really hurt. And he's telling me, he's like, why are you treating me so badly? (laughs) And I want to say, hello. You don't have a clue why? But it it made me check because through those years, when that happened to me, I was not a follower of Jesus. But after that, when I hired him again, I was, but I still had unforgiveness in my heart because of the way I treated him. And so when we had that conversation, I really had to go away and Spend some time with God, asking him to examine my heart. Why did you hire him? So you could mistreat him? So you could have power over him? So I could rule over him? Is that forgiveness? And it wasn't. Did he pay me back the money? No, he didn't. To this day, I haven't seen the money. But I learned how to forgive. Was it hard? Yes. Did it take a week? No, it took years. Many years. But here's the thing. If I kept that offense, it would have created a bitterness in my heart that I'd seen already coming out in the way I treated him. It was already oozing out of me. And somewhere, even though I might not have been consciously aware of it, it was coming out through my mouth. It was coming out through my actions. It was coming out. I tried to keep it, but it just came out because there was bitterness already on the inside. There was hatred on the inside. There was pain on the inside. It's not so easy to forgive when you feel mistreated. Yeah. But here's the same words of Jesus in the same sermon he said that. In verse 43, he says, You have heard it said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Jesus lived in a culture where it was okay to be an eye for an eye. That's why he says, you've heard it said. This is what they teach you. They've been telling you this for years, that you can love your neighbor and you can hate your enemy. In fact, that's what they did. They loved them, their people and they hated the Samaritans. They hated the Romans. It was okay to hate them. But Jesus comes and he flips it on its head. He changes it. He brings a higher stand. He says, no, you're saying this, but I'm saying this. I'm saying, love those that hate you. Pray for those that persecute you. And you're thinking, but that's unreasonable, Jesus, to ask for that. These people are telling me it's okay to hate them. And they should be hated because look at what they did. Look at what they did in your life. Look at what they did in my life. It's okay to hate these people because they've misused us. But Jesus says, no, I want you to love your enemies and pray for those that persecute you. And then the answer to the obvious question is, why? Why should I do that? Because the reality is that, do you feel like praying for the person that just abused you? Do you feel like forgiving the person that just took advantage of you? And I don't, because that's my feelings. But Jesus says, it's not about your feelings, it's about your life. Where is your life going? What is your heart getting into? You might get a temporary satisfaction, but you'll end up a bitter hateful person. See, reality, that's what he says. Pray right now, you know, because if I waited till I felt like praying, I would never pray. If I waited till all my emotions got in the right step, and they all got in a perfect line, that would never happen. But he says, pray right now, because sometimes you need to do an action before your attitude changes. Your action initiates your attitude. Sometimes you don't feel like doing it, but when you do it, when you start doing it, it begins to soften your heart. It begins to open up your heart to God. It begins to allow His forgiveness to come in and heal your heart from the pain, the hurt, the abuse. See, the reality is this. If I waited to pray for people, I would never pray for them. When I was hurt and they might still be waiting for my prayer your prayer might not change their heart but will change yours your prayer might not change their life but it will change yours because what it does it changes and softens your heart so Jesus says why pray prayer is a God Honoring place to start. Yes. It puts you at the place to receive your healing, from the abuse that others put on you. Then Jesus said, "Then choose to forgive." The word that comes from the Greek is actually the, the impression is the word to hurl. You know what hurl means is to take and to throw." Yes. That's what he's saying there. He says, "When you forgive, it's like hurling away the poison. He's not saying forget about it just put it out of your mind that's not what he's saying he's not saying you know just try to get over it that's not what he's saying either he's just saying just try and focus your mind somewhere else that's not what he's saying he's saying when you forgive you take it and you throw it and where guess where you're throwing it you're putting it on him you're throwing your hurt your pain away from you onto him It's throwing away the poison that will infect you and destroy you. And you're casting it away. This is what Paul says in Colossians. He says, bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you have a grievance against someone else, forgive as Christ forgives you. Here's a perfect example. Did you have a perfect life? Did you not hurt anyone? Did you have any problems in life? Guess who? receive forgiveness first you did you received forgiveness god forgave you you received it you were glad to receive it now how about giving it to someone else we're all okay to receive it but how about being generous with it that's why paul says forgive as the lord forgave you god freely forgives our sins God freely forgives our mistakes, our failures, our shortcomings, all of it. Imagine if he was like us. Where would you and I be? If he didn't feel like it, it's like, you know what? I don't feel like forgiving you today. I don't feel like listening to your prayer today. I don't feel like being generous today. But that's not who he is. God freely forgives us. Over and over. Think of how many times you did the thing you did. Think of where you did it. Think of how far you went. And God still poured out free forgiveness into your life. Forgive then as God forgave you. If you've received forgiveness, well, give it out. Give it out. The same way, throw it away. I love this quote from Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley, some of you know, is one of my favorite preachers. He says this, In the shadow of my hurt, Forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the shadow of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. I love that. In the shadow of my hurt. If I dwell under my hurt, if I dwell under my pain, it feels like I'm letting my enemy get away. But when I lift my, put myself under the cross, then I realize how much God forgave me. Because the reality is that we didn't deserve it. We didn't earn it. God forgave us because he loved us. God forgave you. God forgave me. Think of this. How many homes would be healed if fathers and sons forgave one another? How many homes would be better if mothers and daughters Forgave one another? How many marriages would be saved if husbands and wives forgave one another? How many friendships could be healed if friends forgave one another? How many of you would be free rather than living under the pain of hurt and hatred? locked in the prison of your own heart and your own mind because of all the pain that you're carrying with you, all the the hatred, all all the negative emotions that you have against that person that's holding you captive. It's a chain on your leg. Every time you try to move forward, the weight of all this thing is being dragged with you. When you see that person, it stirs up all that emotion because you want them to feel pain the way you felt pain. But Jesus is saying, forgive, because the only person that's going to be free is you. You're the one that's being set free, not them. So God is not mean when he says forgive. He's doing it to set you free. He's doing it so you can be free in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, that you can have the freedom that he desires for you to have. He's not being selfish when he says forgive that person that hurt you. He's looking out for you. So you don't live a life that's full of bitterness and hatred and pain, He's not letting the other person off the hook. He's asking for you to set yourself free. Set yourself free. It might not seem fair the first time. It might not seem fair. But when you realize forgiveness is not for the other person, forgiveness is for you. Forgiveness is setting you free. It will help you embrace what Jesus says even when it's difficult and hard. Here's another pastor that I quote that I love. He says, Holding a grudge doesn't make you strong. It makes you bitter. Forgiving doesn't make you weak. It sets you free. And here's what Jesus says. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others others their sins, your Father will not forgive you. Forgiveness empowers you to set the prisoner free, and you realize the prisoner is you. So yes, forgiveness is hard. The price is your freedom. Freedom. How long do you want to stay in prison is not up to God, it's up to you. How long you want to stay locked away with all those negative emotions and pain is up to you. Forgiveness is the key that God gives us to set us free. To free us into being what he wants us to be like him. So Transformers, I'll leave you with two questions. Number one, what grudge or unforgiveness have you held in your heart against someone? How can you set yourself free? What grudge or unforgiveness have you held in your heart against someone? How can you set yourself free? And remember, I'm not saying you should excuse that person. I'm saying you forgive the person. Does that mean that when you forgive them, that you allow them to come back in your life and step all over you again? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying put boundaries. You know what they're like. Forgive them. Don't allow them to come back and do the same thing. You know what they did. Forgive them for your sake. Forgive them to heal your heart, to soften your heart, give you joy back again to have you a positive outlook in life and yes i know it's really quiet because i said before forgiveness stirs up all bunch of emotions in us right because it's hard to do which will help you to question number two read matthew six fourteen this week write it down meditate on it and ask god to help you forgive those who have hurt abused let you down, or betrayed you. Is it going to happen overnight? No. Will it take a month? Maybe. Will it take five years? Maybe. But you've opened the door and you're allowing God to come in. And that healing can begin to start. And maybe it'll take a long time. But I'm a testament to that. It took years. But you can get healed. Because our God is a healer. And He desires to heal you, your life, and give you the best life you can have. So, again, read Matthew six fourteen this week. And ask God to help you forgive those who are hurt, abused, abused you, let you down, or betrayed you. And again, I'm not asking you to do it because that's on a list of rule books you need to do. I'm asking you to do that because it sets you free. Stand with me. Wherever you are in life, whatever you're going through, whether you're young or old, we've all felt the pain and hurt or betrayal sting of abuse we've all felt it in our life at some point from someone that we cared about and loved none of us are immune and that's why God is so invested so generous with his love towards us because we haven't been the same way either but now it's time to allow yourself to heal Allow God to come into your heart and just begin to lift you up and restore you and heal you. And he gives you this key. It's called forgiveness. You already have it. When you choose to use the key to open up your cell, is up to you. You can continue to live in that place for how many years you want, but it'll take its toll and make you bitter, hateful, negative person. But when you open up that go with the forgiveness of God that He gives you, and God gives you the strength to do it, you can't do it in yourself, you can't do it in myself. I can only do it when I lean on Him. Because my natural self wants to run up and punch someone in the face. But the grace of God helps me through. That's just the reality of the world, right? That's the reality of life. That's why we need God, because I can't do it by myself. I don't have it all figured out. I don't have all my plans perfectly laid out, but He does. And if you've never put your faith in Christ, if you've never decided to follow Jesus, you've never experienced the fullness of His grace, forgiveness, and love that you can pour out even to other people. So whether you've been a Christ follower for years or today is your first decision to follow Him, it works just as powerfully because it comes from Him as we pray i want you to look into your heart look into your life look into your moment of where that pain is you know it's there it's lingering and you've tried to hide it with other stuff and you try to put other stuff over it you know sometimes there's a mess on the floor and you put something over it you think it'll hide it but it just makes it more obvious <laughs> sometimes we do that in our lives try to cover up the pain the hurt with other stuff this person hurt me so I'm going to fill my life with this person but it doesn't take away the pain I've been abused so I'm just going to go have an extra few drinks because i will take away the pain it doesn't take away the pain none of it can take away the pain except Christ because He is the healer so wherever you are in life whatever Walk, you're walking in. I encourage you to take on the words of Christ today and to forgive one another. And yes, we need to work on it together. And I'm still working through stuff in my life. I'm still trying to work into that place of total forgiveness. And am I there yet? No, I'm not. There's still people, there's still situations in my life that I haven't gotten over yet. I'm not perfect. And neither are you.